On this week's Jeep Talk Show, Jeep announces the new Trackhawk performance package that will be found as an option for the new Grand Cherokees and maybe even the Renegade. I talk about shedding weight in my JK and review the Red Kitty Industry storage bag for Jeep Wranglers. We're counting down to our 200th episode. We answer some tech questions. We spread around some of that YouTube love. We hear from the mind of Nikki G and we have some great reviews to share as well. Cody takes us on a grand adventure and breaks down the various models of Grand Cherokees for us. We find out what's happening on XJTalk.com and I cover a ton of repair tech for the 4-liter inline 6. All on the next Jeep Talk Show. Listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show. With Tammy on Wrangler, Tony and Josh on Cherokee. So sit back, strap in, and brace what a lovely announcer voice that guy has. Mm-hmm. First week in G. Well, the Jeep Renegade is rumored for a Trackhawk performance package. The Jeep product range has been all the focus of intense rumor mongering in recent years, and with such hot topics as Jeep Wrangler pickups and most re- recently a Hellcat V8 powered Grand Cherokee known as the Trackhawk. Oh man, my tail feathers get all twitchy when I hear a phrase like that. Now, neither have been a Officially confirmed, although we got a little more wind in the sails a couple weeks ago about the pickup being more of a reality than just R&D at this point. Now, let's get back to that Trackhawk package. Fiat Chrysler currently holds the trademark for the Trackhawk name, and what's in a name like Trackhawk anyways? Well, to start, the trim package is meant to be street performance to what Trailhawk is to rock bashing, off-road ability. I know, I know. No one is rock bashing any 2015 Cherokees, that's for sure, at least over anything more than the size of a softball. But Mopar has deep roots and muscle. So what sort of flex does that muscle have? How about a 6.2 liter supercharged Hellcat V8 boasting 707 horsepower and 650 feet pound of torque? Oh, with paired with an amazing four-wheel drive system and launch control, it all comes together to help power the Grand Cherokee to breach 60 miles per hour in less than four seconds. That is music to my ears. That's supercar territory if you guys don't know your numbers. Now, a new rumor is swirling suggesting the Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawk won't be alone. According to sources, a Jeep, a Jeep Renegade Trackhawk will follow in the footsteps of its big brother, purportedly in time for 2018 model year. Though not officially confirmed, I doubt the little cute ute would be sporting a supercharged V8 under its tiny little bonnet. Likely, the track-tuned Renegade will affix a turbocharger to its larger 2.4-liter engine, producing upwards of 300 horsepower. All-wheel drive would likely come standard as well. From a model positioning standpoint, the move would make sense. Today's car buyers can't seem to get enough of compact crossovers. An additional drive towards smaller and sportier models could boost the hot-selling Jeep lineup even further. Now, FCA has a little something to celebrate. FCA is celebrating the production of its 1 millionth 9-speed torque flight automatic transmission at its Tipton transmission plant in Indiana. They celebrated by hacking into one. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. The hack of on the hack, of course. But in all reality, the 9-speed tranny is susceptible to a hack through the vehicle's infotainment system. Now, we reported on the scary details of just how deep a hacker can go into your vehicle systems and just what they could do to ruin your day once there. Just a few shows back, you guys can check out all the details on that. Well, Jeep has a fix, and although a would-be hacker could gain access to one of these oh-so-secure Jeeps from anywhere in the world, literally, if you want to fix it, 
you'd have to download the fix to a jump drive and manually install it into the vehicle to update the firmware. Of course, you could also go to the dealership and have them do it. Either way, it's still a solution. It's the best solution? Well, maybe not, but a fix is still a fix. Now, according to Allpar News, Jeep remains the strongest SUV brand in the U.S., and the lead is growing. In August, Jeep had its best sales month ever. Americans bought or leased over 80,000 Jeeps, giving the brand a 13.4% share of the crossover SUV market. Sales rose 17.5% compared to August 2014, and share increased by 0.8%. The Cherokee, Compass, Patriot, and Wrangler all set new records based on August and year-to-date deliveries. Jeep has three models in the top 10 in the crossover and SUV segment, more than any other brand. The Wrangler is still the best-selling traditional SUV, and the Grand Cherokee is the best-selling SUV in its class, period. Last year, at this time, Jeep was 7,090 sales ahead of second place, Ford, just for just a month, and was 14,420 sales units behind Ford for the first eight months of 2014. This year, Jeep was 11,727 sales ahead of Ford for the month, a 65% increase and 55,477 deliveries ahead of the Blue Oval for January through August. FCA still trails General Motors in total crossover SUV sales, but last month it it chopped GM's lead by 42% compared with August last year. For the first eight months of the year, GM's lead has been slashed by 35%. The crossover SUV segment continues to outpace all the others. In August, sales were up 10.5% compared with 8% for pickups and declined 6% for vans and 11% for passenger cars. Since January, cars have lost 320 basis points for their market share, and 280 of those went to crossovers and SUVs. Kind of plays into what I was talking about earlier for market demand. With fuel prices likely to remain moderate, America's appetite for utility vehicles will probably remain pretty strong, and it looks like Jeep will remain America's favorite utility brand for quite some time. Some of that will, of course, depend on how much the public likes the new Jeep Compass and changes to the Cherokee and Wrangler. Now, ordinarily, guys, I take a moment now to thank all of you who each and every week send in stories and submissions and news articles for This Week in Jeep. However, there is one particular Jeeper who I would like to single out this week, and that would be friend of the show, XJ Jake, who I have to give a very special one-fingered thank you for sending me in a link from MSN Autos for the most stolen cars in 2014, featuring at the top of the list at a very large margin, once again, the 1990-1997 Honda Accord, which there were 51,290 stolen in 2014 alone. I'm embarrassed to say that my own personal accord will be contributing to the numbers for 2015, where I'm sure we'll see my little daily driver at the top of the list once again for what will very well could be 20 years in a row. For the rest of you, keep sending in those cheap stories to news tips at jeeptalkshow.com. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. Love that. Now, what's Jake's real name? Is it Jake or X? It is Jake. Is it, it is. Jake? Well, it's XJ Jake is his uh, username, but of course his real name is Jake. And he knows who he is. And a lot of you out there know who he is as well. So um, uh, for those of you out there who want to take care of some of my dirty work for me. Yeah, he is in the uh, the chat room on XJ Talk uh, uh, pretty much every morning, every <laughs> weekday much every morning. Day, yeah. If there's work no, to be nothing, done, he's into the chat. <laughs> nothing but love for XJ Jake. Thanks, Jake, for uh, for for that. It was uh, all in fun and and uh, all in fun and I guess all's fair in love and war is how that goes. Yeah, and out of, of those fifty one thousand stolen vehicles, yours is uh, like three of them, right? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, you know, you got a bunch of free stuff whenever you got it back. All that your your vehicle is full of uh, oh, of goodies. It, great story. We, didn't we talk about that in uh, one of the past shows? 
uh, a few of them, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. I mean, it was it was painful for Josh, but hilarious for the rest. Oh of us. man, and uh, and the listener support, you guys were uh, were not shy at all in uh, <laughs> well, in sharing your feelings and and thoughts on the whole matter. And and really, no, the support was great. I appreciate everybody who uh, who really came out of the woodwork to give their two cents on the whole matter. But uh, my car has an alarm now and shall not be moving anywhere. I do not wish it to. Well, let's hope so, and I hope all Cross the tires. Fingers. Yeah, I hope all the tires and wheels stay on it this time too. So, um, but you need to put an attack cat in that Honda. Um, that so, <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know, you, you. It is very obvious to me with Jeep sales being so good, and us yeah. bashing uh, the Jeep, the, specifically the the Jeep Trailhawk Cherokee, so much since 2014 that this only seems appropriate. We here at the XJ Talk Show would like to take a minute to apologize for some of the things that have been said or otherwise conveyed in a negative manner towards another member of our Jeep family. We are, after all, a brotherhood of Jeep owners. We should strive to stick together. Our negative attitudes got the better of us, and we let things get a little out of hand. So in the spirit of good journalism and proper radio or podcast etiquette, we hereby formally retract any and all negative statements that have been made towards the new Jeep Cherokee. We understand what it's like to be the new kid on the block. Hey, we've been there. In our angst, we forgot what it's like to be the new kid in class. And we were taken aback by the decision to release a newly designed vehicle and to give it the same name as a little boxy Jeep we've all known to grow in love. <laughs> it was nothing personal. We're all just a little nostalgic and stuck in our ways and acted in ignorance due to our unwillingness to let go of the past. After all, it is human nature to be afraid of or at least cautious of new things. And with the 2014 Cherokee's stunningly attractive new design and myriad of electronic and driver-enhancing features, paired with its remarkable and industry-first nine-speed transmission, <laughs> who could blame us? And to be honest, we may have been a little jealous of the optional Trailhawk package that gives owners of the new Cherokee features we were never offered when the XJs were still in dealerships. So in the hopes of wiping the slate clean and in a gesture that will hopefully spawn a new and long-lasting relationship, it is with great pride and pleasure that we announce the new sponsor of the XJ Talk Show, Jeep, and the new Jeep <laughs> Cherokee. Jeep, built free, just like us, built in the USA. <laughs> it's that was uh, that was done at the height of our uh, our butt hurt over the uh, the Cherokee yeah. name badge uh, being stolen for the new Cherokee. And uh, and we had gone at length over some bashing about oh, that God, for, yes. for several episodes. And we thought, you know, we probably should dial it back a little bit. So yeah. went ahead and, uh, and had some fun with a little recording there. The, the, the greatest part of this was, was Dan over at the 4x4 podcast. While he was listening to the podcast, he starts texting me. You got Jeep as a, <laughs> you got Jeep as a as an advertiser oh wow this is great and then he heard us drop the bomb as far as okay we're joking we're still gonna bash the hell out yeah. of that jeep <laughs> i got this very dejected uh disappointed text never mind it was a joke <laughs> got me so anyway just uh reliving some of the past there it was very fun and uh, again nice uh, always nice work there from you josh well Thank i don't you. see how you Thank can you talk much. talk that long you're listening to Jeep Talk Show, the number one Jeep podcast at my mom's house. Do you have a question or comment that you'd like to hear on the show? Just call 530-675-4102 any time of the day or night and leave it on our voicemail. Coming up later on Wrangler Talk, your stuff in your Jeep could be dangerous. Or as Josh says, what's that junk in your trunk? <laughs> 
It sounded just like him. <laughs> That's amazing. I was hearing myself there for a second. It's like an echo in here. So this is the the point of the show that we introduce ourselves because we figured if we did it at the first, you probably would stop listening to the podcast or, or tune away. So we're, we're sucking you in and then you go, okay, we can put up with this boring stuff. So just to make it a little more boring, I'm uh, Tony. You know me as Mudderoy on xjtalk.com here on the show. I don't know. Maybe you, you know me as uh, more as uh, Tony here on the show. But uh, you can find me over at xjtalk.com, wranglertalk.com, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. Uh, most of the time, Tammy's joined in and helping me now. Uh, and he's oh, even in your bedroom closet. Yes. <laughs> and uh, checking out the Be weapons. Uh, and uh, telling you if you need to oil that gun because it's looking a little dry. So oh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, but Tammy's been helping helping me out with uh, the social media. So uh, if you see something from uh, Jeep Talk Show or XJTalk.com or WranglerTalk.com on uh, the Twitter or the Facebook, then you uh, may be seeing something from either Tammy or I. I'm trying guys, my best to keep up. Really, she's actually doing a, a very good very good job. And I was going to give you some kudos later in the show, Tammy, uh, about uh, some of your Ooh. recent work, in fact. But so, not now, uh, is but, what he's saying. I gotta wait. <laughs> <laughs> that is unless you screw up between now and then. So, right. Uh, guys, you know me as NW99XJ, or here on the show, you know me as Josh, plain and simply. I'm all over the webs on all pretty much every Jeep site you could possibly think of. NW99XJ is how you guys can find me there. And if you'd like to find me elsewhere, you guys can check out my voiceover site over at thevoiceofjosh.com. Voiceover what? How dare you? <laughs> Go ahead, Tammy. <laughs> um, I'm Tammy, and you also know me as Jeep Mama. I have a blog at www.jeepmama.com, and I write about my adventures in my Jeep, my Jeep modifications, and just my life in general. And stolen Legos to pay for Jeep parts. Oh, boy. Oh, I'm. you know what? I sold a teeny <laughs> tiny minifigure. I can hear the guilt in her yes. voice. <laughs> Uh, Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars for $20. Wow. One little Lego minifigure. Yes. Uh, it's funny how the, the off-handed comp, uh, compliments, the off-handed uh, co uh, comments will bring out the truth from people. It's just really funny. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> yes, the uh, it's funny. She sells Legos uh, to buy Jeep parts, and then they buy more Legos. So it's a vicious circle. <laughs> it always is. Hey, only seven episodes until our 200th episode. Can you guys believe it? It seems like, uh, wow. well, Tammy, we need, to, we need you to start on every show going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, are, right. there, <laughs> are we there yet? Yeah. This is a, this How is much a big longer? Deal, How much longer? I know. Yeah, it sounds it, like it my seems, wife. It seems like just the other day, we were you know 10 plus episodes away, and now we're, we're seven, and, and before seven. you know it, it's going to be five. The countdown's going to continue on until we hit that 200th episode and that's just literally like a month away yep uh, or so and uh <laughs> well not literally then <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh, guys About. we are doing this is, 200 episodes is pretty big deal in the podcasting world and we'd it like is. to make a big deal about it uh and so we're going to include you guys in this as much as possible so we we have been encouraging you to give us a call to our 24 7 voicemail line or using our speak pipe over at uh, jeeptalkshow.com um, our voicemail line, 530-675-4102. Call those numbers and just wish us a happy 200th or yeah. something along those lines. 
Uh, it can be funny. It can be serious. It can be completely off the wall. As long as you mention who you are, where you're from, and you wish us a happy 200th or at least mention our 200th episode in your voicemail. Uh, and that will get you in the running for what we're going to be doing on our 200th episode. Now, over the last several episodes, we have been announcing what we're going to be doing for that big celebration. And part of that is going to be a giveaway. And uh, part of the things that we're giving away, Tammy mentioned last week, uh, about some grab handles that's going to be given away to one lucky member. I've announced about an Avatar remote start system that we're going to be giving away brand new in the box as well. And there might be some other things as well that we, we will be announcing over the weeks to come. So until then, all you guys have to do to get in the running for the giveaways and to get in our big 200th episode celebration, give us a call and wish us a happy one. Yeah, we like that. We like hearing from mm -hmm. you. You're, anyway, you want to? You don't have to do the wish 200. We like that. We'd love to have it for the uh, 200, 200th episode. Easier to have the show than say it. And uh, but if you just want to call and tell us what's going on with your Jeep or say hello or uh, butt dialing, I don't care. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, you know, uh, speaking of loving to hear, which that has nothing to do as a segue for this, uh, I'd like to tell you about the Four by Four Radio Network. It's a uh, that it, there was a like four shows that got together. It was initially the Jeep Talk Show and the Four by Four Podcast. We mentioned Dan just here a few minutes ago, and uh, we started this network called the Four by Four Radio Network. And then Dan uh, went out and found uh, a couple of more people crazy enough to join us. Uh, that was the Center Steer Podcast and the Muddy Microphone Podcast. And I've been having a blast listening to all these shows in the 4x4 Radio Network and learning about more about the Land Rovers and learning about ATV, UTVs. And I had no idea that, there was, uh, that the ATV, UTV people were having so much trouble with their land use, just like we are. I mean, it makes sense. But, you know, whenever you drive a Jeep, you just uh, think, uh, oh, well, they're just uh, those uh, tree huggers are after our uh, after our land. They don't want us to use our Jeeps. And you would think ATVs and UTVs would be uh, not as uh, susceptible to that, but not not that way at all. So uh, it's it, it. You know, we talk about the Jeep family and uh, when you really look at it, the same problems exist uh, and, and the excitements for all the groups that use land. Uh, the way God intended, tearing it up and <laughs> running uh, uh, 90 miles an hour down uh, out in the field, chasing a cow. So <laughs> you need to go over to the 4x4 Radio Network uh, and listen to that and complete lineup. All you have to do is hit the play button and you can just sit there just like a television network or a radio network and hear show after show after show, each doing something a little different but having that 4x4 theme. So mm, Love it. Yep, yep. All righty, well, let's get to our voicemails. Hey, this is Tony. And I'm Tammy. And this is Josh. And you've reached our 24-7 voicemail line. You guys know what to do, so after beep, leave your message. Greetings, Jeep Talk. This is the Super Croc coming to you with a very rare and elusive call. 100% Jeep-related call. Wow. In fact, it's even related <laughs> to my XJ. I finally... Finally, finally figured out what was causing my no start slash hard start. It was, drum roll please, the starter. Well, <laughs> actually, I think it was a combination of starter, cleaning up grounds, and um, replacing some like bad battery wires. But about 85% of it was the starter. And on a side note, I now have... 31-inch tires all the way around. Now, the front I've already modified, 
So Matching. it's still clear all the way in there. However, the rear will have to, I will have to trim. And I'm hoping possibly to get that done tomorrow. Thanks, JTAC. This is a super croc with a joke it just had to share. So a group oh, of boy. Jeepers and a Honda owners are traveling on a train. Jeepers only <laughs> have one ticket for all of them. The Honda owners had a ticket each. They were busy having a good laugh when the conductor came around. Then they heard the voice of the conductor in the next carriage. The Jeepers all dashed to the nearest toilet and stayed in there till the conductor knocked on the door and said, Ticket, please. A hand duly popped out with the ticket and the chair went on to his next carriage. The Jeepers then returned to the compartment where the much-impressed land cruiser owners were waiting. On the return journey, the Honda owners brought just a single ticket with the whole lot, and the Jeepers didn't bring any. When they heard the conductor nearby, the two groups rushed to the toilets at the same time, at opposite ends of the carriage. Just before the conductor passed by, one Jeeper went to the, land, the Honda's, Honda owner's toilet, rapped on the door, and said, Ticket, please. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I got it. <laughs> Little bit of a groaner, but no, I, you got me smiling, Croc. So good job. Did you Did you hear the Land Rover reference though? I did in <laughs> it's passing. Like, where Where was that from? I mean, it was I, Jeeps and Hondas chucked under the bus. There you go. <laughs> so apparently, there was a Land Rover audience in, in in there. So it was like a whole four by four. Well, with the exception of the Hondas. Uh, Wait, speaking of audiences, <laughs> we got a YouTube audience each and every week because mm -hmm. we are broadcasting live on YouTube each and every week. And you can find us youtube.com slash Jeep Talk Show. Very, very easy there. Find us each and every week. Make sure you guys subscribe. And hey, speaking of subscribers. Yes, we have some YouTube subscribers. Boy, uh, we're up to like 107 now, I think, Josh. Well, that's certainly not enough. <laughs> no, it never is. We need lots more. We need some of that YouTube love. Oh, there it is. There's some YouTube love. Each and every week, we pull some names out of the hat, give back to those who have taken the time to subscribe to us. And this week, we've got four fresh names for you. Tony, who's first on the list? Christopher Carroll. I've got Chris Chio. Boy, Chia, <laughs> yeah. Chia, Chia Pet. <laughs> Chris Chia Pet. There we go. No, he's, I'm sure he's... He just unsubscribed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Cody Sisson. Yeah, and I've got Corey Timms rounding out the list. If you guys would like to get on this list, well, that means you have to subscribe to our Jeep Talk Show channel. If you were previously subscribed to our XJ Talk Show channel, well, make sure you go ahead and find our new channel and subscribe to that now as well. You are still subscribed and you are still required to go over there and look at those videos as well. But you need to come look at these videos because they're, uh, well, they're Jeep Talk Show. Beat the music. <laughs> First time ever. <laughs> and you know what, guys? Something I really look forward to each and every week, and that's hearing from the mind of Nikki G. From the mind of Nikki G. Yay. Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, just caught the episode where the woman called in and was. Uh, Looking for a steering column for a 90 Cherokee. Chrissy. And while I was at the junkyard getting the hitch for my friend's Cherokee, it was it was a 90 Cherokee, uh, there was a guy in there that was removing the steering column. And uh, I could tell he was married because he looked very depressed. <laughs> a true story. 
<laughs> and uh, Super Croc, I love your CJ segment. And yeah, right away when I saw that rusty CJ sitting in the field, it uh, reminded me of the, of the CJ that I got a first CJ I rode in was on his old timer's farm. Uh, but Super Croc, you have such a soft and soothing voice. Oh, I think you can get a job as a prison uh, squashing riots. <laughs> if I said that right, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. All right, guys, uh, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. And yes, Nikki G is married. Uh, well, at the time of this, the, of the recording, he was married. <laughs> as of now, well, maybe not well, so much. You never know. <laughs> Hey, this is Nikki G, and uh, there's two rules of comedy that I live by. Uh, first one is you can't go wrong with a potty joke. Never. They're always funny. And uh, the second one is if you have to explain a joke, you failed. Yes. And uh, I keep thinking about my super croc comment I made and how it could be uh, misinterpreted. <laughs> and I just want to apologize to super croc or anybody else out there. I meant no malice. I love you like a brother, super croc. Uh, just say you, you have a calming, soothing voice that uh, would stop a prison riot. A prison riot. <laughs> so, with that being said, let's move on. I'm going tomorrow morning to my buddy's house to uh, put a budget boost on his 90 Cherokee, and uh, we're going to try to fabricate our own nut strip. Oh, no. And the uh, last time I tried to fabricate something was a spice rack in eighth grade shop. Yeah. And uh, to this day, I still have a fear of paprika. <laughs> so I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> you can't, you can't make it with the spices in the rack. That was your mistake. <laughs> can't seem to drive the nail through it. <laughs> this has been from the mind of Nikki G. Fun stuff from Nikki G. You can never tell. Uh, you know, I, I I was just thinking that if you have to explain a joke while in the bathroom with somebody, then that would be funny. Typically, that's not where I tell my best jokes, but... Uh, well, the sound effects are much better. The echo. Oh, yeah, you get that reverb. Uh-huh. And a little bit better if it's if you use the, the, the toilet bowl as a sounding device. <laughs> just get your head way down in there. Yeah. Jeez. Well, you know, if you're drunk and uh, you're throwing up and uh, you're yeah. telling jokes, it's just it's a natural situation that may occur. <laughs> it it could happen. You're listening to a four by four by four radio network podcast. <sighs> Those are scaring me. Good. They're so loud. <laughs> Getting you ready for uh, being off road again. Like, oh. Well, what scares me the most is seeing a week go by that we don't have any reviews. Now, we have all sorts of channels for you guys to leave us reviews through, whether it be the Twitter, as Tony would like to say, iTunes, or any one of our other podcast distribution services like uh, like Stitcher or TuneIn. Uh, but of course, iTunes is a great medium to leave a review. And we have one today. We also have one from Twitter, and they just so happen to be from the same person. And it's Kelly Butrick. Butrick. I, I said her name right. And um, at KB underscore voiceovers. Wow, 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 wow. I think I said that right. Mm -hmm. You three are fantastic. <laughs> Total pro sounding, great info and fun. Your team is great. 
sound, broadcast quality, not podcast. Now I've got to go download the rest. And then on iTunes, she wrote, I used to do... I used to do on air for various radio stations. It's hard to get a great team chemistry and sound, but you've done it. Well, very awesome. kind words from a uh, former professional, a former radio professional. Uh, it sounds like she's moved on to bigger and better things. So thank you very much, Kelly, for the kind words. And if you guys would like to give us some kind words, well, make sure you can you, make sure you do that by any one of our means. And of course, that 24-7 voicemail line is always open for you guys to do that as well. 530-675-4102. And uh, thanks a lot, Kelly. And remember, the check's in the mail. <laughs> it's not really. Tony, what's happening over at xjtalk.com? Well, uh, I'm, Josh, it's really strange that you asked that at this specific time because I was just thinking about that. And uh, we, uh, we like to talk about uh, some, some interesting posts on occasion at xjtalk.com. And uh, if you don't know, xjtalk.com is... Uh, uh, a, a website about Jeep Cherokees. Now we have other Cherokee owners there. We have some no Cherokee owners. We have some no Jeep owners there. And uh, we uh, we love to have anybody come and post. And if you've got an interest in Jeeps or you just have an interest in hanging out and uh, joining the uh, the conversation. But uh, we did have this post and uh, we've actually used uh, Jam Deeper here before when uh, actually for a review that he uh, posted for the podcast on xjtalk.com. But I went ahead and uh, grabbed this post that he made because I think it highlights the the Jeep family. His post, uh, again, from Jam Deeper, he said, my twin boys will drive them one day. He goes on with his post. For starters, we'll go back to when I bought my first Jeep in 2009, a 1990, uh, sorry, 1989 four-door XJ. I was the third owner. First was a grandpa who kept it stock and did all the maintenance through the dealership and finished his own ownership of it with an engine rebuild. Next wow. went to a guy who turned into a pavement princess with a four inch lift and 33s with a short arm kit. There was no intention of taking it off road until I bought it. Not a word from either one of you. And then uh, XJ Wheeler in uh, his response says, great story. I got, uh, I too got my Jeep in my teens, 16 to be exact. And I, uh, and learned on it over the years I've owned it. Still can't believe how little I knew back then. So you can get into this conversation. You can read about it. You can see a bunch of wonderful pictures because this is a build thread that Jam Deeper uh, put up. And uh, you can see the, the, the transformation of his uh, couple of Jeeps uh, through the years. And uh, it, it's, it's a great post. It's very interesting to, to watch. Ask questions. Uh, throw in your own stories. Uh, it, it's just a great place to go and be part of the Jeep family. So we would like to have everybody come over there and uh, have as much fun as we had uh, putting up the site and continuously running the thing. Everybody's friendly. There's no flaming, uh, respectful. We even have a political and religion section. That's how nice and calm everybody is over there. Yeah, just imagine what those kind of sections are over in the uh, some of those other forums like that. Well, they don't I, there's have, no though. way that those kind of sections would go without World War III igniting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Shut up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. Uh, Tony and Josh, you know, I've been focusing a lot of... Um, lately on the weight in my Jeep. And so I've been relooking and redistributing stuff and taking stuff out. 
And I realized that moms seem to carry lots of stuff in the Jeep, like sunscreen, bug spray, my first aid kit. I have blankets because it gets chilly in the back seat for my kids. Wet wipes. I also am a Jeep mom, not just a regular mom, a Jeep mom. And Jeep moms who go off-roading carry recovery gear, emergency tire gear, camping gear. And you can't just have this stuff. You can't just throw it in your back of your Jeep. You can't just throw it on the floor because the Jeep bounces around a lot. And if you ever get into a situation where you may roll your Jeep, this stuff goes bouncing all over and you can seriously get hurt. And, you know, I was thinking not just the Jeep, but I think everybody needs to be aware of this in any vehicle they drive. So you, you need to think about safety. So it's also good to carry bungee cords and maybe put stuff in bins and put it underneath the seats of your Jeep. But sometimes you need more, and there are tons and tons of Jeep storage items out there. And I used to have this big bulky thing, which I got rid of, which I'm going to talk to you guys about later in the Jeep Mama review. But I just wanted people to know, especially new Jeep owners, Jeep Wrangler owners, moms who drive Jeeps, you really need to secure your items in your Jeep when you're out there. And that's what I've got. For Wrangler talk tonight, Tony and Josh. Yeah, it's very true. You know, I uh, often watch the uh, the news when I get up first thing in the morning, and uh, there's uh, it seems like at least once a week I see an overturned vehicle on one of the streets uh, here in Houston. Wow. Yeah, it really happens a lot. I, I've gotten tired of doing it, but I uh, you know the the jeeps are supposed to be bad about rolling over. So anytime I would see a, a vehicle on the news, whether it be a truck or a sedan or whatever, I would always tweet to the the uh, the local news station. Isn't a Jeep is not a Jeep. (laughs) Still not a Jeep. (laughs) Right. It's true. (laughs) So, but it's, it's, it's very true. What Tammy's saying, we, we treat our vehicles like they are always going to be on all four feet at all, all the time. And you never know. These people weren't off road whenever they flipped. And, uh, uh, oh, another fun thing to say is, uh, they're so cute when they're sleeping. Uh, so <laughs> I've, I've got a video on my YouTube channel that, uh, has uh, my Jeep doing some very nearly inverted three wheel motion. <laughs> I got into, I got into some positions where, uh, off camber was an understatement. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's some good times right there. Well, it, and, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I've been on the trail so much. I've seen so many accidents, mm-hmm. um, that could have been avoided. Um, I saw one guy just run his Jeep right into a tree. Now, granted it was, you know, four low and, and he didn't go more than about five miles per hour, but dented his bumper and, and basically destroyed his, uh, his, uh, header panel there. Right. Uh, and all that was because a water bottle, water bottle rolled underneath his brake pedal. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. Oh, wow. You know, it's, it's, come on. It's simple things like that. Now I've seen guys that, that have ended up, you know, coming down off of a pretty steep ledge didn't quite have the departure angle, ended up on their front bumper, and wouldn't you know it, half of their cargo area is now sitting on the dash. And yep. that includes a toolbox. Yeah. I mean, I saw this guy basically completely demolish his instrument cluster because he dang near got his head cut taken off by a spare part that came came right over the back seat, right over the top of his head, and right into the instrument well, that, cluster. That's exactly Boom. what I was going to mention was about all the spares that uh, Jeepers typically carry. Uh, can you imagine a nice axle, uh, especially the long axle shaft uh, that you have in the back uh, coming to the front? You're you're lucky if it misses your head. So you need to tie those things down. And if your high lift jack is in the back, 
Oh, Jeez. that's the worst. Yeah, punchy that town. You do not want to get hit by a high lift jack. It's hard enough just picking it up and taking it out to use the thing, much less uh, pulling it out of your spleen. So, I mean, despite an organizational standpoint, I mean, really, Tammy really hit the nail on the head as yeah. far as a safety standpoint is just secure that load, guys. I mean, bungee cords, zip ties, whatever you got to do, just get that load locked down and just in case. Because, you know, if you got to do a trailside repair and you have to undo a couple bungees or you have to cut a couple zip ties, God forbid, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot better than taking a trip to the hospital for some stitches. Yep. Or not. Or just not going to the hospital at all. Just waiting for the coroner. Because it could happen. <laughs> Seriously. So, uh, anyway, uh, yep, great uh, great info as usual, uh, Tammy. And uh, that's one of the reasons why we love her being here because she's approaching everything new. Things that Josh and I might just take for granted. Uh, she's having to go through this and uh, learn it and fortunately not the hard way because she did have a big knot on her head uh, before she had to yeah before she talked about this <laughs> so and, you know uh, i was just real quick the one of the yeah. reasons i was thinking about this is i have my purse sitting on my seat i have my camera sitting on my seat i'm like this could be really dangerous well not Even to mention just, you could lose those sort of things well yeah so you know and it's not just me it's other other moms out there with their kids in their car so anyway yeah you just don't think about those things you like no. i say you you yeah. you're so Who used thinks to about those kids in the back <laughs> i know kids, i don't even know where they can tie from. those <laughs> kids down they could be projectiles <laughs> but at least that's you, what root that's what roof racks are for come on <laughs> at least yeah. you'll at least you'll hear them coming because they're screaming <laughs> just deflect so anyway, uh, speaking of screaming and deflecting, let's get over to uh, our grand adventure with Cody from tra- TrailChasers.net. Hey guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net. Uh, this is episode six of the grand uh, adventure, <clears throat> and I want to talk to you about the Grand Cherokee models and some of the pros and cons. This one's going to be just a brief overview of uh, some of the models and how I see that they play out. Uh, the introduction of the Grand Cherokee came in 1993 by Chrysler with the ZJ. I think one of the pros of this vehicle is that it's been around the longest and it's easy to find at a reasonable price. Um, I've talked before about how the XJ may be hard to find in some locations. Uh, the ZJ would be pretty easy to find in a lot of locations and they are pretty, I mean, you can still get them at a decent price. There's a lot more aftermarket support for this model than any of the other Grand Cherokees because it's been around so long. It's got multiple uh, engine options. Um, in 1998, uh, they put a 5.9 liter V8 in the Grand Cherokee, and it was 4x4 of the year. It's got a solid front axle, a Dana 30. Uh, it can be found with a Dana 44 rear end, and it's pretty easy to lift and modify. We've uh, we've done some work on one of my buddy's ZJs, and this one is pretty easy to get. Uh, the cons is that it comes with the transmission and transfer case with the full-time four-wheel drive, but it, it's it's not easy. It's not difficult to replace those if you need to. You have to replace the transmission, the transfer case, and the drive shafts. Due to its age, most of them have pretty high mileage, and it's got a low-hanging gas tank with no skid plate in the back. And that skid plate thing may be specific to the ones that I've seen, but of the of the ZJs that I've I've been around, there has been no skid plate. Next was the WJ in 1999, and it ran through 2004 through Diamond Chrysler. Um, it's the vehicle that I have. Uh, the biggest pro from this one is the styling, and that's a personal opinion. It's got a much more rounded body. It's not nearly as square as the ZJ. Um, it's got uh, mine has a gas tank skid plate. Mine's the limited version. I don't know if it's specific to the limited or all of them, but it is. Uh, 
the good thing about this vehicle is that they're still in pretty good shape. I mean, all the way up through 2004. Um, so you might be able to find one of these without a lot of miles on them. And keep in mind that all of these Grand Cherokees are super luxo limousine four-wheel drive vehicles. Mine's got full leather, zoned air conditioning, um, sunroof, and a lot of that stuff is a negative on the trail. I mean, sometimes you want to avoid all the electro gizmos and gadgets and just go with a crank window. But at the same time, I kind of like driving mine around with all that stuff. The cons on the WJ are the transmission transfer case with full-time four-wheel drive. Now, and I say that with the caveat that a lot of people will call that a con, but to be honest, I, I haven't had any problems, and I've taken mine out several times. I've been really, really happy with the way that full-time four-wheel drive has worked. It's got uh, four different types of drivetrains uh, throughout the model lifespan, so one of the things you have to look at is uh, pay close attention to the transmission and transfer case to make sure that you've got the one that you want. Not all of them are the same. It's common to have issues with the what's called the AC blend door, but it's an easy fix. And what happens is after you turn off the vehicle or, or when the air conditioning is running, there's a damper motor that is supposed to divert air um, and it, it doesn't work all the time. Mine works, but when you shut off the vehicle after about 30 seconds, it sounds like a uh, old horror movie where someone's opened up a creaky door and it cracks itself open. It's my, my wife thinks it's hilarious. <laughs> the WJs are known to have some electrical gremlins and that goes with all the switches and gizmos and stuff. When you have all that stuff, something's bound to go bad. There is less aftermarket support for the WJ, but that's growing. I think as the XJs start to fade out, um, and please don't shoot me for saying that, but at some point the XJs will fade out a little bit. The ZJs have become more popular, and as the WJs start to gain popularity, I think a lot of other brands and um, um, aftermarket supporters will jump on that bandwagon. And when you buy aftermarket stuff for the WJs, uh, it's going to cost more. It's going to cost more than the XJ almost in all circumstances, bumpers, tire carriers, suspension systems. You can definitely do it on a budget, but just if you go with the WJ, expect that it's going to cost you more than whatever it costs you to do on your XJ. The uh, WK was from 2005 to 2010. Um, the pros here are it's a newer vehicle with potentially low miles, and it does have the 5.7 liter Hemi option. The cons are the price tag. Um, it's going to be expensive. There's no front axle, and this is when they started to convert the Grand Cherokee to focus on the uh, on-road performance and less about the off-road performance. The WK2 from 2011 to the present uh, by Chrysler Group LLC and Fiat, uh, same thing. Uh, disclosure, I own this vehicle. I think we've talked about it. It's a newer vehicle with potentially low miles, um, but at the same time, it's going to be uh, expensive. Uh, the 2011 Grand Cherokee has won 30 awards for off-road capability, luxury, value, best-in-class, and safety, making it the most awarded SUV ever. That came from uh, Wikipedia. And I've seen some of these uh, in magazines and on YouTube where people have put some little bit of a boost on them and some more aggressive wheels, and they go out and tackle the trails. And, and I'm certain that a stock WK2 would probably be really fun, um, but at what cost and... Uh, to me, I, I'd much rather take my uh, 2001 vehicle out and trash that than my 2015 um, WK. Uh, the, the cons on this one, again, are the price tag. It's got no front axle, focus on on-road performance, and it's got an electronic four-wheel drive selection. It doesn't have the manual lever for pulling, uh, pulling up into four-wheel drive like, like we are used to in the other vehicles. 
So for those of you considering the WJ, I would say uh, take some time to really look at it to determine if you're going to make this a, a, a wheeler. Uh, you might want to stick with the ZJ and the WJ. And before you purchase, spend some time making a list of aftermarket parts you want to put on your vehicle and then go out and see if you can find those. That's what I did. Uh, I made a, a long list of what I called my, my build list and then went out to see if those parts existed and did some math to figure out what it was going to cost me. I realized it was going to cost more than the ZJ and definitely more than the XJ. But at the end of the day, I like the style of the WJ. I, I got a really good deal on the one that I bought and I'm super happy with it. So if you're considering it, good luck. Uh, check out trailchasers.net for more videos and info. And if you have any questions, drop us a line. Uh, otherwise, we'll talk to you soon. And hopefully we see you out on the trail soon. Thanks, guys. It's, a, it's amazing to me that Cody understood that I was reaching for my gun when he said the XJs uh -huh. are fading out. It just It's like we're connected, uh, uh -huh. but maybe not for long. So <laughs> great, uh, great, more great, for, great information from, uh, from Cody. He uh, put that together for us tonight, last moment. Uh, he's a busy man, and uh, we hope to have him back on the show live really soon. You know, Cody is, um, is I think, going to be the end of me. Uh, because <laughs> uh -oh. ever, since, ever since he came around, I've been really contemplating adding a WJ to my Jeep lineup. And I've always liked the Grand Cherokees, especially when they came out with the second generation. Uh, now, that being said, there are, they are relatively affordable out here in the Northwest. Finding a good one, well, right. that's going to be a whole other story. But, uh, but damn you, Cody! <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he's here for, to make, uh, make things uh, seem more attractive and more plausible. And uh, he makes good points that... Uh, as uh, we get further and further away from that uh, that sad final year, final run of the uh, 2001 XJs, uh, which actually I guess they were actually made in 2000, uh, we are going to see fewer and fewer of them. I, I maybe see one or two a day on my 40-mile round trip to work. Uh, you guys really should come out here to, to my neck of the woods because we are so thick with jeeps up here it's not even funny i wonder why that is i wonder why the difference i think it's because where i'm at it's an hour and a half maximum to the mountain it's an hour and a half maximum mm. to the coast i mean i've got i've got three different kinds of wheeling terrain in less than two hours of a drive for me it's absolutely amazing i mean off-roading in the pacific northwest kind of go hand in hand and that's why i love it out here and i think that's why I jeep owners flock out here i, I wouldn't be surprised if the bulk of Jeep sales is is on the West Coast, if not the Northwest. That would be interesting to look into, see where most of them are. And hey, Josh, is it all sorts of Jeeps out there? It really is. It it really is. I mean, uh, I, I see Renix XJs. I see old YJs. I see TJs on a daily basis mm -hmm. uh, that are that I, I can't recall the last time I've seen a stock TJ out here. I see Cherokees. I see Grand Cherokees of all sorts of sizes, colors, and varieties. I see a ton of new Jeeps as well. Now, one thing I haven't seen a whole lot of out here, really, I've only seen one, is the Renegade. And that, that's probably because, actually, I have no idea why that is. But uh, <laughs> um, I'm just glad that I'm not seeing as many of those as I am seeing of the, the ZJs and, the, and the, other, uh, the other great Jeeps out there. Yeah, I see a lot of JKs and JKUs, and I just oh, thought tons of them here. I just thought they were oh, yeah. all JKs before Tammy uh, taught me that the JKU is the four door. 
Yeah, we've got a bunch of those as, as well out here. In fact, a buddy I work with is uh, keeps threatening to sell his TJ to get one of those. I, no, I mean, I, yeah, I, guess, I keep. I'm with you there, Tony. I, I keep guess the same thing. No, I guess you. No, don't you I guess do if it. you want something new, I understand. Well, but TJs don't sell are so the TJ. Nice. Well, that's kind of what I was get thinking. Another one. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what I keep telling them too. Because you need like, to get a for. Come on, you need to get a four car yeah. garage and um, uh, get one of those little warehouses like Jay Leno has, and is this full of Jeeps? So that'd be so cool. I'm sorry. Quick question for you, Josh. Uh-huh. Uh, you said uh, you know you're you're getting uh, the heebie-jeebies. Oh no, no, you're getting the warm fuzzy for the uh, the the Grand Cherokee. No warm fuzzies for the MJ. I've always wanted the MJ. I no, I like the MJs. The, the MJs are, are a little bit of a bastard to me because they combined a body on. Well, they combined a frame and unibody together. And it's it's just a very unique vehicle. Um, I've got a soft spot for the MJs, but there's an asterisk on that, and that's because if if you own an MJ, you owe it to yourself and and anybody out else out there who is going to be admiring your vehicle in the future um, to turn it into a late model MJ. I, yeah, I, I do. I agree with that. I love all of the '97 to '01 body panels will fit from yeah. the doors to the to the fenders to the hood. Even the dash and interior all bolts in, yeah. more or less, relatively easily anyways, um, from, into an MJ. So it's very easily to turn that old, old MJ into a newer-looking Cherokee-ish yeah. type of hybrid. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I'd like to do because it would make it a little unusual. And, uh, of course, you know, from the standpoint of taking something that might be 20, 25 years old and then cutting it up and making it a bastard bastardized thing is, is a bad thing. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I, I agree. It would be like if they had continued making the MJs through, you know, out the entire run of the Cherokee, which I wish well, they had. I've, I've got a little, um, I'm not going to say necessarily a secret because it's all over the webs, but um, oh, the no. Northwest is, is home of a uh, King of the Hammers competitor who is building a King of the Hammers MJ. Ah. And he's going to be competing with the big boys. Um, this has gone to a full tube chassis. Um, it has, I mean, really, the, the I can't even begin to describe the build on this thing because it is just so incredibly over the top. Mm-hmm. And so if you guys want to check, check that out, you could head over to the Northwest chapter of uh, the North American XJ Association where you guys can find um, build details on, on that. Well, uh, well, we weren't really ran that one along, but it was fun. Uh, let's get over to Jeep Mama's review. Well, you guys, you know, I've been talking about my Jeep getting too fat, like I said <laughs> earlier. So I decided I wanted to get rid of my big, bulky, toughy storage. Um, it's actually made for the CJ, but I got it on Craigslist. And it's just really heavy and bulky. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to get rid of this because if I get rid of that, then I can put on my oil skid pan, um, skid plate. So anyway, perfect timing because I started searching around trying to figure out what I was going to do for the storage in my trunk. And Red Kitty Industries, redkittyindustries.com, they contacted me and asked me if I would review their right line gear trunk storage bag. And of course, I said, yes, I would love to. This is perfect. I need some new storage solutions. So I thought I'd give this a try. So it was shipped out. And the next day, it was at my door. The bag came neatly wrapped and folded in its own box and with all the necessary pieces I need to hook it up. 
Um, this storage bag is made specifically for the JK, which is the two-door Wrangler, and the JKU, which is the four-door Wrangler. And I was pretty excited when it arrived because it had organizational sections so I could organize my stuff. I have lots of stuff that's in my Jeep. And it was really simple to install. I inserted some plastic sleeves. I filled the pouches with my stuff, attached the straps on the bottom of it to the attachment rings on the rear seat. I aligned the storage bag to the top of the rear seats. I buckled some straps around the roll bar. I buckled some straps around the rear seat headrest. Simple, easy, it was in. And if you know me, you know I have a sickness with organization, so I took all my stuff out again and reorganized it because it was so fun. <laughs> anyway, the Rightline trunk storage bag fits perfectly behind the rear seat of my four-door, and it leaves more leaves room for more stuff. In the two-door Jeep, it's with its angled design, the bag utilizes all of the Jeep's trunk space. Its dimensions are 36 inches long, 7 to 12 inches wide, depending on how much stuff you stuff into it, and 23 inches is the height. There are four waterproof zipper compartments. One has a little mesh pouch, and I was able to fill it all with my Jeep stuff in the compartments, and it had more room for more stuff. It's made from PVC coated mesh, which is a stiffer nylon reinforced PVC. It is weatherproof and UV resistant, which is perfect for the Wrangler because when you put the top down, you can leave it down all summer long and it's not going to mess up with the sun or the rain. The bag also has welded seams, urethane coated zippers for easy zip and unzip to get your stuff out. And you can remove this bag and it has a handle and a salt a shoulder strap and you can take it wherever you want like out on the trails if you need to take it out to recover your jeep or your camping two of the reasons i like this right line storage bag is because there's less weight in my jeep and it has four separate compartments to keep my jeep stuff and okay i have three reasons the other reason <laughs> is it's priced reasonably it's 144.95 and if you go to Red Kitty Industries from now until the end of September and you use the Jeep code or the code Jeep Talk Show, all one word, they will give you 10% off your entire order. Ooh. Yes. Wow. Check that out. You guys get yeah. a bonus code and some great products as well. Now, I checked out Jeep Kitty or Jeep Kitty, Red Kitty. <laughs> Jeep Mom on the brain. Check out Red Kitty, guys. And if you guys are familiar with like whitewater rafting, these things are made very similar to dry bags, dry bag technology. Very durable, very cool. For you guys out there wheeling the, the Rubicon or heading out for Moab, you guys know that storage is incredibly important. And you guys got to check out their roll bar bags. Very, very cool for all of our Wrangler owners out there who are going to be doing some uh, overlanding, some expedition. We're going to be out on the trail for like three to five days like you would be out on the Rubicon. Check out redkittyindustries.com. Uh, really have some cool stuff for Jeep storage. Now, I yeah, got, I liked those roll bar bags. Now, yeah. I, I have to ask, Tammy, $144.95, holy crap! Does it come with all that stuff that was in the uh, the video that we were pulling? No, that's all my stuff. It, it, you know, if you look around at other store, like, okay, the Tuffy storage thing that I had, mm -hmm. that was $300. Oh, jeez. Some of the other, you know, toolboxes that I've seen 
can be anywhere from three to seven hundred dollars. All right, all right. I, so, I get the point. I just, I, you know, yeah. I'm a cheap guy, and at one hundred and forty-four dollars, no, I am too. And know? I thought one hundred and forty-four dollars was a pretty good deal. All right. Well, well, if you guys, I mean, put that in comparison to like a Best Top Insta Trunk, which is over two hundred dollars. You know, right. the Tuffies. You're 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 buying the name. That's going to be yeah. You know, three hundred. I mean, the Smitty Built Storage Vault, three hundred and fifty bucks. Come I, on. I said this, I'm this sorry. Is, <laughs> shape up or ship out tony <laughs> very very affordable option well i'll be very curious to see what the long-term uh effects are on yeah. that uh tammy looks like you're definitely putting it through its paces uh putting all kinds of stuff in that bag yeah. and we'll see what that looks like maybe after a wheeling trip or two and hopefully it uh it holds up as well as it looked like it should so tammy do you think it's uh big enough like if you uh, took out one of the uh subdividers one of the smaller kids you took him out on the trail <laughs> you took out one of the haven took out one of the subdivisors in there do you think you could uh, put in a collapsible ar-15 uh no <laughs> full-size Actually, pistol though right it, it's the dividers are more for support, so the bag is made so you you couldn't put something longer. Oh, so, all right. Well, that's all right. So, yeah. Well, let's Sorry, get, let, Let's get over to our campfire side chat. You know, it's actually getting starting to get not it's cool, cool enough. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not cool enough. At least not here. But you could tell. You know, it's not the surface of the sun. You can tell that campfires are going to be a possibility sometime in the near future for at least us here in south uh, southeast Texas. It was chilly here today. I love chili, uh, especially with uh, yeah. fritos and with, uh, cheese. Yes, onions. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sorry, <bread>. Josh. <laughs> Josh is always hungry. <laughs> I hey. am. I was. I was uh, nomming on some habanero cheese that I found that was extra aged. It was so delicious with some beef now, jerky. Mm. This wasn't behind the uh, dispenser at the at work or yeah. anything. When you say you found it, it was like yes. <laughs> I saw this thing on the it side was... of the road. I thought I'd pull over. <laughs> hey, what do you know? It's cheese. Look at that. It's cheese. It's hot. It must be habanero. <laughs> Come back no, here, cheese. I, I, uh, it's crawling I, away. I'm, I'm very fromage friendly, and oh, cheese uh, is wonderful. I love a good cheese. So uh, I, I found this uh, this new brand of habanero, and I, I love spicy too. So found some habanero cheese, and and with some beef jerky. Oh, it's really good. It's going to be my new trailside snack. Oh, gee, you know, uh, I guess you don't share a tent with anybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it, it wasn't something we were going to ask about, but uh, you know, I've I've got to I've got to ask about this because, uh, and I think the the folks would like to know. Tell us about your fight, your your late night fight in bed. Oh, jeez, yeah. So, oh, here, let me. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up my uh, pull up my image to to share with you guys here real well, quick. Yeah, I over. woke up. Um, I woke up Saturday morning. I took a I took a long weekend. I uh, had Friday through Tuesday off, and I woke up Saturday morning. Uh, and you were supposed to go wheeling. I was. I was supposed to go wheeling, and, and I, I had some other. I had some other setbacks um, that uh, that uh, prevented that from happening. But but this was the was certainly the um, the icing on the cake. Uh, girlfriend said, "What the hell's wrong with your neck?" I reached <laughs> back and was like, "I don't have no idea what you're talking about." Until I touched my neck and found these. I was bitten by a venomous oh, no. spider uh, throughout the night three times. In fact, once really good, oh. and apparently as I rolled over to get him or swat him or whatever in my sleep. Uh, he got me a couple more times. Now, uh, there's only four species of venomous spider here in uh, the state of Oregon that are capable of producing that sort of thing. Although I did not find the carcass, I'm pretty sure 
that uh, it was a species of the yellow sack spider that got me. I've seen them in the house before, and uh, this one apparently uh, got some Holy. revenge for me killing its brethren. <laughs> and uh, Monday, Labor Day, uh, Josh set off 175 bug bombs in his house. <laughs> no, it, it actually it did affect me pretty bad. I, uh, I went to the ER. Um, I, uh, I was on the phone with a 24-hour uh, nurse line. Uh, they, uh, the medical professional on the other line, after hearing my symptoms and everything, said, yeah, you should probably get to the hospital. Uh, and so I did, and they gave me a, a shot of some uh, general antibiotics just to cover uh, any kind of infection. And said, if that turns black, you need to come back in. We'll need to give you a tetanus shot. I was like, really? So, so no anti-venom or anything? Just Well, uh, no, without without knowing what the spider was. And, um, well, just give them all to me. Whatever you got. Yeah, right. Pump it in. And really, <laughs> the only one that they would absolutely do that with, regardless, would be Black Widow. And since I wasn't having severe abdominal cramping and pains, um, I uh, they, they, was, they were pretty sure that it wasn't a Black Widow that got me. So, um, and we're a little far north for black widows here, although they have been, they have been seen in, in, in this area, especially when it's warmer out and we have had a warm summer. Mm -hmm. So, um, but nonetheless, uh, they, they did a great job at the hospital, took care of me, uh, got me on my way and I'm, I'm fairly well healed now. I will most likely have at least one really good scar back there, uh, but things don't appear to be going necrotic. So good. Excellent. Well, I just wanted so, to mention that uh, taking a so hit. So speaking for the of team. Uh, big black and ugly things, Tony, how are the new shoes on the Jeep? <laughs> well, they're not ugly, and uh, so a few people have <laughs> noticed that uh, they don't have white raised white letters on them. I actually had the new uh, tires put on black side out, and uh, I. Uh, how I, long did it take you? Did you go back and forth a lot on that decision, or was that pretty much? Yeah, I'm going to go no. this direction. No, I knew that I was going to because. Oh, okay. With the, the, the heat creep issues pretty well taken care of and uh, knowing that uh, the hottest part of the summer is over, uh, fall's coming up, I think I will be able to make it out uh, to some of the off-road locations. And uh, I, uh, I didn't want to uh, tear up the, the white, raised white letters and just make it look like a whole ugly mess and then having to have them turned around. So uh, with the, you know, the possibility of actually going off-road and perhaps uh, tearing up those letters, I went ahead and flopped them around. Oh, very good. Now, you went with the BF Goodrich KM2s, is that yeah, right? Yeah, I went back with the uh, the same ones that I had. I was only going to buy three since I had a, uh, a, a never-used uh, spare, mm -hmm. uh, but I went ahead. Uh, they, they ordered four instead of the three that I wanted, and oh. uh, so I said, let's, just give me four, and that way I don't have to come back later and get a spare because I didn't want to. You know, the dissimilar tire sizes. Yeah. I, right, you don't want to do that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's all right for spare. I've never used the spare in the four years that I had right. those tires. Uh, but uh, but anyway, it's just uh, it's just a better idea. And also, too, uh, I am going to get those ARB lockers installed sooner or later. And although I don't have to engage them, it would be nice that if the spare was the same size, you know, you yeah, see where I'm going no, here. Totally it's just a good sense. idea. Yeah. And it's not like the tire is going to be any cheaper in uh, in three months whenever I go to buy the the, yeah, the new right. spare. So, yeah. well, and you know, with my luck, I don't know if you have the same thing. If you don't have it, that's when you need it. Well, I definitely would have a spare. It just wouldn't be a brand new spare. It wouldn't have the same tread. And that's the other thing I'm going to make sure that I do. Uh, and and this is where I'd like to hear from you guys. If you have had experience in rotating your tires, specifically the uh, the BFG uh, Mud Terrain KM2s. 
how often should I rotate the, the, you know, when should I rotate the spare in and how often should they be rotated? Now I can probably find this someplace. Josh well, probably I mean, knows the answer, general, but I thought it'd be fun to actually ask our audience so they could chime in and uh, perhaps, uh, you know, tell me how stupid I am for not knowing this. Cause I really don't, <laughs> I've never rotated the tires. General rule of thumb would be every oil change. Uh, that's 3000 miles. That's a pretty good amount of wear and tear on a tire, especially on an off-road tire. Um, and then, you know, putting in the spare in on that and then rotating that fifth wheel or that fifth tire in and out each and every time. So you That's basically work, every oil change, all of your tires are going to be within, you know, a 32nd of, a, of an inch or less of tread wear. So when you do have come time to, to put on that spare, you don't have to worry that, well, geez, it's seven years old. Is it, it's, it's cracked. Is it going to hold air? If, as soon as I hit a rock, is it going to blow up on me? Can I ri- you know, drive down the freeway with it? You know, oh, all my other tires are at 35% tread, and this one is at 75% tread. You know, how is that going to work with a locker engaged? And, you know, all those kind of questions are all completely eliminated with regular tire rotations. Yeah, my luck is I'll do the rotation exactly as I'm supposed to, and I'll tear the sidewall out of one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be back where I was, screwed with a brand new spare. So, yeah, But yeah. anyway, you, 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 do, you do the best you can and hope for the best. So you, you're a three Jeep family, Tony. Uh, do you have another Jeep that's going to be due for some tires pretty soon? Or are well, they all pretty good? Actually, while I was there, uh, I went ahead and purchased uh, two 30-inch uh, BFG All-Terrains, uh, 9.5 by, by 15, uh, for the, uh, the 99 uh, Jeep Cherokee. And oh, by the way, I forgot about this until you uh, just mentioned that. Um, the, uh, the 99 uh, XJ was involved in a hit and run. Um, my Whoa. wife and daughter were getting on I-10 holy and, holy. uh, this, uh, this pickup truck decided that he was going to bridge the gap between the, uh, the oncoming, uh, traffic and, uh, my wife and uh, driving the 99 Jeep and, uh, almost took the, uh, the driver's mirror off. Uh, there's no mirror actually in it, just the housing and it's kind of bent up and, uh, out of the way, uh, did not make contact with the rest of the vehicle, just the, uh, just damaged the, uh, the power mirror. And uh, interestingly enough, you can get those all day on eBay for $41 shipped. <laughs> so we have a, a brand new uh, driver's side uh, powered mirror coming in. And I said brand new, not used, uh, a brand new, uh, I'm sure it's not Chrysler, uh, but brand new powered mirror. And I think this one's actually heated uh, for 41 bucks. So it should be here tomorrow. Very good. Very good. Well, uh, the chat room is igniting right now. Um, we've got some <laughs> advice for Tony on tire rotation. Tammy, uh, there's a, uh, a user in there by the name of Prudence that has a question for you in regards to yeah. uh, having a 2013 JKU with 33s and thinking of changing to 35s. Quick question, can the tailgate handle the 35-inch tire? I don't off-road. Yeah, you know, I've had lots of people. I don't know personally from personal experience, but everyone who tells me that you know, you really should have a tire carry with 35s, yeah, but I agree. you can, the tailgate can handle it. It's not great. Some people have added um, extra bracing. Bra- thank you. Bracing to their tailgates to handle um, the 35 inch tire. Some people just leave it on, but I know a lot of people add extra bracing or they get that third, that um, tire carrier. Um, but they, people say you, you can, 
personally, well, I don't think I would take my, my chance. And they said that not going off road. So I think that would be a good caveat right. to that. Big, big, right. well, uh, yeah. big plus there. Yeah. Without all that sheer force and bouncing around and stuff like right. that, 35 on the back, as long as it clears the bumper, you'll be pretty good right. to go. And don't forget your third brake light. Tammy actually bought one so that uh, it was an adjustable one so she could right. still meet all the laws necessary to right. Do drive her your, badass Jeep around. Yeah, right. do check your local uh, DOT laws. You may have to have that third brake light, and a 35-inch tire would most likely block that out, and you wouldn't want to be driving around illegal. I may be right. wrong about this, but I think all 50 states require that and have required that since 1986. Oh, wow. I don't okay, think well, there you, we go. I, I, it may not be a federal, but I think it is a federal. I don't think it's a local because manufacturers had to start putting those things on in ni 1986, I believe. Mm. So uh, anyway, yeah, great answer, uh, great question and great answer. Well, Tony, while I was uh, sort of down and out uh, being uh, struck by the, by the spider, uh, I uh, had some time to uh, reflect and think that, well, you know, my Jeep uh, needs a clean spot because literally I haven't washed it since probably October of last year. That's right. I'm going on almost a year without washing my Jeep. Now, for those right, of you who are cringing in horror right now, uh, just keep in mind that my Jeep is not a daily driver and it's pretty much been garaged since November. So there Gee, you go. So, There's no I Jeep know. love. Well, Where's the love? There will, there will be plenty. <laughs> I made a clean spot on the Jeep, and I figured there's no better thing to put into a clean spot than a brand new sticker. Ah, there it is. And I'm I, seeing this for the yeah. first time, you bastard. Yes, I know. <laughs> and of course, my, uh, my uh, lovely webcam is not wanting to focus on the picture because, well, I'm trying to show up a... Uh, uh, a webcam, uh, a picture on a cell phone and a webcam just doesn't work. But I will have these pictures up on my uh, on my build thread. Now, there's something else I wanted to share with you guys. Um, some experience that I, the, something I learned recently in in some of the work that I was doing on my Jeep. Now, uh, for those of you who've been following the show, I've uh, I've had a very nasty exhaust leak that I repaired recently. So the header is welded and is uh, almost back on. The valve, uh, the uh, intake manifold is uh, getting some treatment. Uh, I am uh, in the midst of cleaning that up, and of course, uh, what is uh, topping the intake manifold is something that um, Dean Murray will uh, will recognize is uh, throttle body. Now, this is a four liter throttle body that I'm holding up for our live viewers. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, well, you're going to miss out on some of this show and tell that I have for you guys tonight. Um, this is a four liter throttle body which I bored out recently. And uh, even took a power aid throttle body spacer and, yep, bored out those little veins, those little uh, corkscrews on the inside. Those threads on the inside are all gone now. Now, I did this and then I figured out, you know what, I'm going to go with plan B. Now, Dean Murray is still going to be in the picture in the fact that I'm going to be using this throttle body still. Now, this is all my, uh, all my sensors and, and uh, the armature and spring and everything off of my old throttle body put onto this new one that's been bored out. Now, this 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 throttle body, I decided to bore out to 61 millimeters. And some of you are thinking, well, why'd you go and do that? Uh, because, well, I wasn't thinking properly. Uh, 60 <laughs> it was millimeters, the venom. <laughs> 60 millimeters is the magic number that you want to go if you want to retain the stock butterfly valve like I have right here. Well, the problem is I went with 61, and, uh, and that creates a little bit of an air gap right around the top. Now, you're not going to be able to see this on the uh, on the oh, live, wow, that's uh, really on the live stream. I, didn't, I, I thought you had a new one in there. 
Nope, I didn't. I just cleaned this one up really good. Uh, that's really one of the reasons that uh, a lot of these repairs are taking so long is because I have been very lackluster in cleaning uh, my Jeep and detailing it after after wheeling sessions and stuff like that. So there has been a lot of grime, grit, buildup of gunk and dirt and other things that uh, that are having to be addressed as I go through stuff because... You know, you can't, you got to clean uh, mating surfaces, you got to clean gasket surfaces, you got to clean the parts that you're dealing with and you're going to be messing with and handling and swapping parts to and from and everything like that. And if you've got a big, thick layer of gunk on it, well, what that's going to do is lead to things not aligning right. It's going to lead to leaks. It's going to lead to things not working properly. And, uh, and, and if you don't you know, do your I've homework. You know, I've seen Josh's. Yeah thread with all the stuff you've been cleaning it's amazing how clean you have been getting the stuff well uh, i'm using uh, i'm using me. our our little friend the wire wheel for a lot of that stuff it just dawned on me josh i know where mm. the spider came from <laughs> it's just from the garage <laughs> and, and i know why it was mad <laughs> you've cleaned it you cleaned its home yeah, yeah exactly that is that is kind of a danger with uh, with leaving vehicles sitting for that long a period of time and not driving around the critters will move in Yep, thankfully for me, my garage is sealed up tight, so I don't have any rodentia that are, um, uh, you know, climbing up into tailpipes and uh, making their nests in my intake or anything like that. So uh, I don't have that to worry about. What I do have to worry about is the idle control of the throttle body. Mm-hmm. Now, now the, the throttle bodies work with what's called an idle air control valve, and that's this thing right here. And that passes air when the butterfly valve is completely closed through this little opening right up here. And that is how the engine breathes when you don't have your foot on the gas pedal. Now, the problem with that is, is that that's all computer controlled. Now, with my case, with the throttle body, the throttle body being bored out larger than what the actual butterfly valve is, well, the air is passing past the butterfly valve and not through the IAC or the idle air control valve. And uh, that's going to cause a problem with the computer and possibly other things. Now, you don't so think it'll compensate? Fix? Well, it's going to try and compensate by closing by closing this off or altering oh, the fuel true. and air mix yeah. ratio. And that's just not the way that things should work. That's right. Could it work? Maybe. Could it might end up having a high idle? Most likely. Um, do I really want to mess with all that or do I want to do it right? Well, I'd you can like just to get do a it disc. Right. You can just get a, a, the right size disc to go, to, go, to go in there, right? I could do that. Oh, no. But I'm going to... <laughs> now, what I have done in my research, um, and, and this is my own fault because I, didn't, I wasn't communicating properly with, the, with the, the people that were helping me out in the machine shop. Now, I've got a machine shop with where I work. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a lot of machines and various milling and lathing and, and all that sort of stuff that I have access to. And right. so... Um, I was able to make this kind of project happen. Uh, you guys can do the same thing. Just look up your local machine shop. Um, now, I didn't communicate properly, and I, I was kind of rushing this project along after sitting on it for so very long mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that 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 butterfly valve has to match. Right. Um, so with 61 millimeters, not bad. 62 is better. There is a, a, a an increase when you go from 60 to 62 like you do from 55 to 60. Mm-hmm. Now, once you go past 62 there's really not much of a benefit. You actually start getting diminishing returns. The opening in the bottom of the intake manifold is 64 millimeters on all four liter uh, inline six engines. So going any larger than 64, well, really isn't going to get you anything. And really there's not a whole lot of flow difference between 62 and 64 millimeters. So what do I do with 61? Well, the throttle body spacer is going to go board out to 64. 
This can be as large as it as as uh, well. It doesn't really want to go any larger than 64, but that's going to match the intake um, uh, the intake manifold opening there. This is going to go to 62 millimeters. I'm going to take this opening up one more millimeter bigger, and I'm going to make my own custom butterfly valve. I figured while I'm in there, why not take this to the next level? I'm going to make this. I'm not. I'm not going to be able to make this work the way that it should. So I might as well take this up one more notch and do it properly. So that's um, that's why the the intake manifold hasn't been put back on yet. That and some cleaning as well. But through the process of putting the gasket on, now for all of you who aren't familiar with the four liter inline six, the intake manifold and the exhaust manifold share a common gasket. This is the gasket that is off of my 99 block. And as you can see, the exhaust ports on this are nice and circular. Now, as I drop the one I was supposed to hold up here, the other one I was supposed to hold up, this is a brand new Felpro gasket. Um, for a 99 uh, 4 liter in line 6. Well, that's not and right, you notice is it? Those are, it's that's like different. a 90 that's like for a 98 intake. Now this is for this is this was this is the Felpro part number and I verified this with two different part stores. Um, this hmm. is the intake uh, for a 99 or the 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 gasket for the uh, for the manifold for uh, 99 Cherokee. This is the one that came off of it. This is also a Felpro. This is the one that I bought three years ago when I purchased that, that aftermarket header uh, and put it on. Mm -hmm. I obviously want to replace this filter. So what I do, I go to my parts store. I go for a 99. I get this, and lo and behold, they do not match. Uh -oh. When you line everything else up, it takes just a second here to do that, you will notice that the exhaust manifold ports are not the same size. Well, this can't and will not fly. Now, I tried modifying one, and it took like 45 minutes because I don't have the right tools to stamp and cut steel that's, you know, it's been coated with this special gasket material. This is metal, folks. These, these gaskets are metal, regardless of what, they, what you think they look like. They are metal inside. So what did I do? I go down to the parts store, and I say, hey, we need to start pulling some parts. Let's take a look at these gaskets. What I found out is that a gasket from an earlier model 4-liter works better on the 99. It actually matches that circular opening exhaust port um, with that circular opening. I ended up pulling a gasket from the parts store for a 1992 Cherokee. Now, I think Felpro at some point in time screwed up their numbers or at least screwed up what they're putting in the boxes because my Felpro gasket from three years ago has the right number on it. It's the right, it's the right gasket. The gasket that I picked up recently, well, not the right gasket, but it does have the right numbers. So what happened? I don't know. Bottom line is, can't always trust the numbers. Now, yeah. I verified that the block number matches my VIN number, so it's not that kind of an issue. This is something else. So what it is is, well, probably an error on Felpro's part. Now, that's a pretty big company, and they're not one that usually make those kind of mistakes. Um, now, I don't have any answers to you for this as far as exactly what happened or how to solve it, but I will tell you that uh, part stores are usually pretty good about you opening up a box and comparing your part to the part you're about to buy. I always, always recommend that. If you're replacing a part on your vehicle and you have the ability to do this, take the part that you're buying with or the part you're replacing. Take the old one with you when you go to the part store because it just might be that you need to you know, compare the two before you have to make an extra trip. Yeah, it always sucks to have to take things apart, take the part that you need to replace, take it down to this, I mean, get cleaned up, take it down there, show it to them, get the right one, bring it back. It's nice to get the right part before you start the, the process so you can just get it done. 
So uh, since the uh, headers have a, a real tendency to break, it might be a good idea to save those old gaskets. Uh, just like I have. Yeah. And then you won't have, you can go, you don't have to remember the whole process. You just have to remember to grab the gasket, take it with you, and have all the parts you need so that you can do the uh, the same job that you did three times before. <laughs> now, Tony, yeah. you might remember this part right here. I think I have you one might, of those. Yeah. Now, you, I remember a, a podcast um, that we had done um, probably a couple years back when you were rebuilding your engine, or at least a year or so back when you were rebuilding your engine. And one of the things you talked about was this little girdle strap that went around the very front of the oil pan. Um, or I guess this would be the very back of the right. oil pan. I'm sorry. Back rear, where rear it meets, main uh, seal. Yeah. So this is not the rear main seal, however. This is just the thing that goes over the oil pan on those backward most two bolts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, it, just, it goes over the, the rear main seal area. Right, right. Now, you had some information on this as to, because I think you initially put this, um, ended up not putting this back on your on your new motor. Uh, or you did some back and forth. You tried one with, you tried one without, or something along those lines. Irregardless, this took me probably the better part of an hour and a half. I had to basically break off this brittle rubber part right here on the ends to get access to where I could get my socket up to get oh, access really? to these bolts right here. It took me forever to get in there. Now, mind you, this was also completely coated in grime and gunk sure. and all the other stuff. But it's mandatory. This little, <laughs> yeah, this little girdle piece right here gave me so much grief. Oh, be darned. Uh, you know, I'm wondering with your experience, because I know that you had to deal with this, whether or not it's needed and how you dealt with this on your end. Well, uh, Matt, uh, M. Smorenberg uh, told me that's not going to make a damn bit of difference, and I went ahead and got it anyway from the dealership because I was having an oil leak issue and on the new motor, mm -hmm. and uh, I put it on there, and uh, dun da 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 it made no damn difference. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, the engine uh, that I have in there now does not have it on it, and uh, it does not leak. It just has something to do with, I don't know, that, that last engine was cursed right before it dropped the valve, and, it, and then it was dead. So um, the... Uh, you know, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Jam no, Deeper said he had the same, in the chat room, he said he had the same issue you did, Josh, with... Um, the gasket thing. It's on his build. Oh, thread. interesting. So, well, I'm not the only one out there, apparently. Yep. Uh, oh, and, but I was going to add, uh, it was no problem getting that uh, that new part on or off. And, and actually, I might put it on. I mean, I, I know exactly where it is. I just I don't have it on my motor at the time. It looks pretty there. I mean, yeah, you know, if you're laying on the ground looking up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I'll most likely replace it because, hey, it's supposed to be there. Uh, I don't, how much was yours from the dealership, Tony? I can't oh, imagine it's, it's been more than 20 bucks. Uh, it's been several years now. I do not recall. And actually, I can't remember if I got it from the dealership or if I ordered it online. So, uh, regardless, it doesn't matter uh, which one those was. I, I can't remember how much it was. Very good. Very good. Well, that's about all I've got, guys. Um, I have filter, uh, filtered, I have finished the oil filter adapter O ring. Uh, that was uh, that How was an that? interesting story as well because I searched my house for over three and a half hours, tore apart my garage, tore apart my house, looking for these damn O-rings that I had bought nearly a year ago to the date mm -hmm. uh, to do this job and couldn't find them. Never did find them. So oh. I've got a set of uh, of oil filter adapter O-rings somewhere around find in them the in like house, a and I have no idea where. I'll I'll end up finding them. You know, ten years down the road, I move or something like that. Oh. Oh, that's where they went. How, how often do you clean the uh, the kitty castle? 
No, <laughs> almost every day. <laughs> I did find a jump drive in there once. Because <laughs> I, I think you'll find. No, actually, what's going to happen is is that one of the cats is going to deposit that in one of the areas that you walk as a trophy. Look, I got this for you, and yeah, it's going to drop exactly. it, and you're going to go, "Come here, you little son of a bitch." <laughs> Yeah, the, the nice thing is those are only about three or four bucks uh, for a set, even from the dealership. Uh, maybe maybe a little more. Uh, and uh, but how, did you have any trouble getting that bolt off? No, all the bolts came out. It was just getting access to the bolt, especially on on this guy right here. No, I'm talking about the oil filter, oil filter, oil filter adapter. No, I I I uh, had done my homework on that, and I had, I had had some extra torques, um, mm -hmm. you know, socket torques laying around. And I did the thing where you pound the Torx bit out and you put it in a wrench. Yeah. And, uh, and and I just, you know, that worked worked awesome. Good. I need to do it to the 99 is the reason why I was asking. Well, I'll, I will have pictures of all this in my build thread up pretty soon. I've got all the pictures. I've got them uploaded to my photo bucket and all that stuff. So I will be adding those uh, here very soon. You guys can see my progress uh, to date. As with all these repairs and everything else, I am very, very picture heavy in all my threads, guys. So if you want to see some really cool high detail pics of what I'm doing and uh, the process and all that, I go through everything that you guys need to know. If you want to do the same sort of thing, uh, you guys can check it out. Just uh, do a search over at xjtalk.com for Northwest 99XJ. You guys can find my build thread. So, Tammy, I understand you're blowing air. Uh, yeah. Well, not yet. Tomorrow I will be. <laughs> um, well, it's Friday, so that's good. Yeah. No, I was talking with some people about air compressors and what will work in my Jeep and what won't. And actually the one that we have in our garage is just, you know, like a plug-in kind, um, <clears throat> which won't work in my Jeep if I go off-roading. So a fellow Jeeper had one, pretty much brand new one for sale. It's a Smitty built one. So I bought it from him for 50 bucks and I'm going to try it out tomorrow. It plugs onto your battery and I can air down and re-air up wherever I want when I take this with me. That is so, peace of mind, yeah, like nothing yep. else. Nobody should be driving anywhere without a air compressor. It doesn't doesn't matter if you're on road or off. You should have the ability to to fill the fill the tire with air, even if you have one of those little cans that that right. blows the juice into it uh, that fills it up and seals the seals the thing. It never does uh, inflate it uh, quite enough. So well, when we get, when I go off roading at Roush Creek, they have air there so i never need to worry about having my own air but if i like want to go on the beach or something then oh, yeah. now i can mm -hmm. so do you know what and the, you know go ahead do you know what the duty cycle on that thing is how long can you run it before you have to let it cool off i haven't read the manual yet oh my so. god what the hell is this world coming to well I'd, she's got that four and a half inch I know. thick uh, I know. owner's I'm manual for her jeep, jeep she has her husband's beating on the door are you reading that damn manual again in the bathroom uh, no, Five I've, more minutes. We, we're back to school night. We had a back to school picnic. We have soccer practice. So I haven't. I just got it in the mail two days ago. So the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you know, interesting. I got this email from this um, lady. She goes to Emory University, and she wanted to interview me for a case competition that. Emory University is involved in. And I'm like, what in the world? Mm -hmm. So anyway, she called me tonight and I talked to her. Fiat Chrysler has this competition they do every year for this case competition. And this year it's on LED, the LED headlights. So oh, yeah. these college kids have to come up with this case, their plan 
on, you know, the Jeep Wrangler um, offering LED lights as one of their alternatives when you go buy their Jeep. So she was interviewing me on what I thought of my stock um, lights. So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Now, I can't remember. Are your stock lights kind of dim? You know, that's kind of what the point of this case study was. But honestly, I feel like they're fine. Mm -hmm. But before, and I'm comparing it to the Dodge Journey, which we had before the Jeep, which I despised the Dodge (laughs) Journey. I hated it. So I don't know if I can see better at night because I'm sitting up higher than the Dodge Journey or the lights are better i don't know oh believe me if you drove a jeep cherokee you would say (laughs) what the hell are these things that are supposed to be on oh there's like little yellow orbs right oh boy yeah very very i i I usually have really bad night vision and it i feel better in my jeep than i did in my dodge journey oh it definitely is nice sitting up higher where you can see around and and you can see the third brake lights on the vehicles that are in front of the vehicle that's right you're right behind and uh, it gives you an advantage uh, to start slowing down or braking before you uh, get that last minute. Uh, and, you, and you have to be hopeful that they're paying attention, with, especially with cell phones and stuff. So right. uh, you may wind up with a rear-end collision simply because you couldn't see what was happening in front of the car ahead of you. I love being able to see. But yeah, uh, no, if you, if you feel like you can see okay, then those headlights are fine. It doesn't mean you can't put right. uh, 300,000 watts of uh, <laughs> bright-ass light out in front and see better. But, uh, yeah, that's cool. So, uh, when you talked to him today, did you actually, was it the interview tonight or is that something that you were planning on uh, doing? No, no, I had no idea. It was just, you know, it was just a phone interview and she was taking notes just for background, um, for their case study that they're doing. They're going to be doing a presentation, I guess. And she found you through your website, I would assume. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That website once again is www.jeepmama.com. Did you hear the change The change in her tone? It was like, you know, she talks, and then it's like, oh, time for advertisement. www.jeepmama. But I'll be, I think I'd like to try out some LED lights just to see the difference or, you know, find someone who has them. Well, I'll tell you this, my experience with LED lights, because I've installed several pairs of them on both Wranglers and Cherokees alike. So we're talking about both rectangular and and circular. Now, these are aftermarket support for LED headlights is just expanding by leaps and bounds. Mm -hmm, It really is. And and both sets sets were very much brighter. They had a more crisp light to them and an extremely sharp cutoff pattern. And that is the, 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 the line, the pretend line at which the light is cut off from any more you know, vertical, um, vertical height. Mm-hmm. And it should be a very nice, sharp line where the light is cut off. And LED lights have the sharpest uh, cutoff line that I have ever seen. Now, aren't the LED lights the white lights when you see them that's coming the, at you? Yeah, versus- that's the downside to it. I mean, they don't have to be, but that's the downside I see to it since our eyes are more attuned to yellow lights. Right. It's just yeah. not a good thing for the cars coming at you. Yeah, that's why I don't feel bad about turning on my uh, multiple multiple stage <laughs> LEDs. Right. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was coming home today uh, in the broad daylight. It was uh, there was a lot of rain uh, clouds in the area, and as I was getting close to the house, I was still on uh, on the highway with you know those big green signs they have above uh, above oh, yeah. the freeway. 
And uh, all I did was just turn on the uh, seven inch, the dual seven inch LED lights. And in, in daylight with the cloud, the, the rain cloud overhead that was making things dark, but not, not real dark, I turned on those seven inch, those just measly seven inch LED lights, 36 watts, and I could see the, the sign light up. Talking about your, your vertical distance. And, and it was a ways away too. So yeah, the LEDs do put out a lot of light and uh, I look forward to it. I'm just hoping that they can come out with a more yellowish uh, tint. Uh, I don't want a, a fog light. But uh, hey, it'd be really cool if you could adjust those lights, right? And then you Ooh, can put it a little knob on your dash. You could put it in disco mode and hook it up to your <laughs> you radio. Have purple. Yeah, exactly. There you go. I'm surprised you don't have halo uh, lights, little purple rings on your headlights yet. Yeah, I saw some on a Jeep on one of the social media sites, and I'm like, oh, isn't that, those isn't look that, really cool. Isn't, well, I was gonna say, isn't that sad as hell? <laughs> but. But you it's like it. It's really cool. It is cool looking, but boy, they would just make fun of you out on the trail. You would just, uh, well, uh, they're going to yeah. make fun of you anyway, so it doesn't matter. I know. Oh. I'm used to it. I don't care. Well, making being made fun of can be a good thing or a bad thing. It, it, may, make, it may always make you feel bad, but sometimes it's just because somebody likes you and they don't want to uh, act like they like you. Yeah, my mom told me when I was younger, boys pick on you when they like you. And girls punch you in the arm whenever they like yeah. you back. There you go. And if they really like you, they punch you in the nose and break it. Man, maybe this is me. I don't know. (laughs) Well, speaking of breaking stuff, if you guys want to get out wheeling, I'm going to tell you where you can go. This is the part of the show where we talk about (laughs) what events are coming up in your neck of the woods and around the nation. Now, here's an event that uh, was brought to my attention by Chris Vandergriff of Knox Off-Road. Now, Knox Off-Road and Jeep is a Jeep and four-wheel drive club. They are presenting the Wheeling, the Wheelers for the Wounded, their first annual charity event. This is happening October 3rd in the famous Windrock Park over in Oliver Springs, Tennessee. Over 72,000 acres of off-roading with over 314 miles of trails. That sounds like a place I need to go. For more information, head over to knoxroad.com or email the event coordinator event coordinator LaceyW86 at yahoo.com. We'll also have a link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com where you guys can find out more information on that. This is their first annual charity event, guys, and they're starting it off with a good one. There will be They will be providing a full day of off-roading fun and adventure for our wounded warriors, veterans, and active duty military alike. 100%. Now, this is something that you, don't, you guys don't see with uh, every off-road show. 100%. of all the proceeds generated by this event will be going to Smoky Mountain Service Dogs, whose mission is to enhance the physical and physiological, psychological quality of life for veterans with disabilities by providing custom-trained mobility assistance service dogs. This is simply an amazing organization, guys, and they need our help to continue to provide this miracle to our heroes. So please reach out to them, see how you can help them out, and by all means, check out KnoxOffRoad.com. Well, the 34th annual O'Reilly Auto Parts Fall Four-Wheel Jamboree Nationals is happening September 18th through the 20th. That's right, 18th through the 20th. It's a three-day event. Indiana State Fairgrounds, Indianapolis, Indiana. For more information, head to fourwheeljamboree.com. And if you think a four-wheel parts store or a four-wheel jamboree nationals like this for a three-day event, they're not going to have stuff to do. (laughs) Guys, three-day event. They got plenty of stuff to go around. Hey, annual four-wheel drive hardware jamboree as well. September 25th through the 27th, another three-day event. Four-wheel drive hardware, Columbiana, Ohio, just off the 14. Jeep-only event, guys. Rock crawl, mud pit, obstacle course, show and shine. And they even got a little Jeepers Kids area. Fourwheeljamboree.com for more information. 
You guys can also head over to 4wd.com slash Jeep events slash Jamboree. Well, and don't forget Jeep Junkies, wherever you're wheeling, if you pack it in, pack it out. Let's leave our wheeling in outdoor areas in as good, if not better condition than they were when we arrived. And remember to always, always tread lightly. Stay on designated trails and don't wheel where you're not supposed to. That's it for this week, guys. If you've got an event coming up in your area, let's get the word out. Whether it's a show and shine, a cruise in, a club run, a fundraiser, or a huge event like the Easter Jeep Safari, let us know by giving us a call or sending us an email to newstips at jeeptalkshow.com. Love hearing from you guys. And actually, uh, Josh and Tammy and I were chatting online today about coming up with a, a general uh, email that we can use for everything, not just news tips. So you'll need to, uh, we'll still be able to get the news tips, but we're going to come up with something new so that you can uh, send us wheeling wear stuff, that you can send us news tips, uh, the whole gambit of things. Because I uh, really love hearing, especially with this uh, Wounded Warriors uh, deal. It, to me, that is so important. And when you listen, and I know I'm going to make some enemies here, but when you hear those little whiny bastards talking about the $15 minimum wage, let's pay our soldiers that are out there putting their lives in danger, losing limbs and having to deal with this crap afterwards. Let's pay them a minimum $15 an hour wage before we pay somebody flipping burgers to do it. Well, hey, speaking of a call to action, Jeepers, we know you guys are out there making purchases all the time. We see it on Amazon. You bought what every other week. Next time you guys order your Jeep parts, make sure you ask the business if they know about the Jeep Talk Show. Let them know just how much you guys enjoy the podcast. If you're buying a product or service from a vendor because of a review or a discussion you heard here on the show, let that vendor know. And if they don't already know about the Jeep Talk Show, make sure to tell them about the one and only Jeep Talk Show. Hey, and don't forget about uh, all the uh, 4x4 Radio Network podcasts, the 4x4 podcast, the Muddy Mike podcast, and the Center Steer podcast, especially if you like Land Rovers or you think you might. You go over there and listen to those uh, those great sites at 4x4radionetwork.com. Make sure you visit and like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Jeep Talk Show. We're on the Twitter at Jeep Talk Show, <laughs> Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, iTunes, and of course, YouTube as well. And don't forget about the one and only JeepTalkShow.com. Oh, and I'll mention again, don't forget, uh, Josh does uh, is looking for some voiceover work, does great voices. You hear him here every week uh-huh. on, uh, the X, uh, on the XJ Talk Show, the Jeep Talk Show. And don't forget about Tammy over at JeepMama.com. What's that website information again for you, Josh? You can find me over at TheVoiceOfJosh.com. The Voice. That sounds like that would be, make a good show name. You guys have a great Jeep week. We'll see you next week. Good night. On this week's Tony and Josh show, selfies are all the craze and everybody's taking them. So if it's so easy, what's this guy's excuse? And from the I can't believe this actually made it to court files, a teenager will be charged as an adult for having naked pictures of a minor, but this story has a twist you'll never see coming. I have come to the conclusion that all teenage girls are bat-ass crazy. I'll prove my point with a story of the lengths one girl went to to hold on to her boyfriend, and this man has a unique characteristic that is preventing him from having a normal life. We'll unzip the fly and whip out what has him so impaired on the next Tony and Josh show.